Katie Zellum, welcome to the Pro Team Works. This is Justine Moore, Victoria. Good morning. It is good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's still morning. <laughs> Just about um, in a crazy, crazy time at the moment. Lockdown and Corona still running right through the country. But um, thanks very much for joining us, Katie. Before we get into um, the, the Pro Team Works conversation of females in sport, coronavirus has it massively hampered your training and, and fitness regime? Well, when lockdown first came in March, obviously we weren't allowed to train within team sports or anything like that. So that just meant our whole league shut down. Um, it didn't actually officially shut down till like June, July time. So we were training for just over three months, um, just on our own at home. The club were like delivering gym equipment, delivering footballs, cones, because like none of us have that stuff at home because we're so used to going into training every single day so when the league shut down we was able to finally have a bit of a break um not sure if you see it in the news but i actually got covid um so i had a positive test which meant i had to rest for 10 days i couldn't do anything at all you wasn't allowed to raise your heart rate above like a certain percentage or number so i was dying to do things but they were like katie you've got to wait till you have a scan like is medically quite dangerous. Um, so 10 long days went by um, and I was able to go and have a heart scan, check everything was okay and thankfully it was. So I then thought, oh, I'll bounce straight back into training, be able to train and play, but had to go through a whole build-up regime and it's actually only yesterday um, from like four weeks ago where I've been able to start back in full training. So is that because you were still recovering? So is that the longer recovery period from COVID? Yeah, so like everyone just thinks, oh, you're isolating, you come back. But when you actually come back into training, you've got to follow like a FA professional player guidance. Yeah. Um, which means like there's like a full sheet out. She sent it me and I was like, no way, this cannot be true. I was allowed to go and do a 15 minute bike session for two days. Awesome. in the whole day to bike for 15 minutes I, I thought oh put my boots back on um did you suffer really badly from it I had no symptoms whatsoever really so, like, interesting if I wasn't tested I probably would have never known I even had it um I thought that I had it but obviously I didn't get a test at the time when it all first came out and I had I had so many symptoms apart from a fever so I, I lost all my taste um sense of taste and smell but I think when you're into your fitness and you're used to training all the time completely stepping back from it is quite tough mentally and physically so especially if you wasn't like 100% unwell you were still feeling okay just to kind of be told you're not allowed to go and train now and you have to just stop is must have been quite mentally hard as well. Yeah, because in my body, like I felt fine that like, parents kept texting me like, do you, do you feel unwell yet? I was like, no, oh, I, feel fine. Like, I wish I felt unwell and then I feel like I had something. Like, but I literally felt fine. Like, unfortunately my housemate had to isolate with me. Mm. We've been in contact. So she was, I mean, we don't have the biggest garden, but she was able to run circles around the garden, um, which I could stand at the door and watch her. So that was oh. quite um, <laughs> Like I couldn't do anything. So she was like, I'm going to get up and do my gym. I was like, 
I'll just watch a series or something because otherwise the days are just so long. So, mm. I mean, I'm, I was really sorry for her and like I was gutted she had to isolate, but I was slightly glad that I had someone to do it with. Of course, yeah. you couldn't do anything from there. And obviously with regards to not training with your team, like you're so used to training within a team and training with other people to then have to train on your own. What kind of impact did that have? It's so difficult. Like you don't actually realise how much you run on a day-to-day basis, just like chasing the ball around, like doing random things. Like because you're with all the girls, like you're just in an atmosphere where time just passes by so quickly. Whereas when they send you the program, like we usually do this in training, so we need you to cover this. We were like, oh my god, we're going to be here for ages. We've got like a field close to us. Um, which obviously when the restrictions slightly lowered a little bit, we were allowed to go out on like on the field um, within your household. So nice for me that we both play football, but we've never done so many laps and lengths and widths of one field. They sat like surrounded by houses. They must have thought, God, these two girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, was there a worry that, um, I know obviously going back a few weeks and months, there was, there was a worry you listen to footballers on the radio, on Sky Sports, whatever else, where they were saying they felt a little bit like guinea pigs going back early because they didn't know if it was going to have effects on lungs and long-term effects. Did that ever cross your mind? Is this going to have longer-term damage than than maybe just a common cold? Well, there was a few worries. Obviously, some of the girls live with partners, families, friends. Um, it's okay for us because we're getting tested and we're in quite a controlled environment. But that doesn't mean that if someone contracts it, they can't take it home. Um, and I think that was quite a big worry for the men's side as well. A lot of them had small babies and maybe older relatives. So it wasn't just about us, but about who we could put in, in danger, really. But for us, we um, waited a lot longer than the men. They obviously went back and finished last season, but they decided not to take that route with us, um, maybe because of money and the risk it held. So the men was definitely far more guinea pigs than us, but... Even when we did go back, there was still a lot of questions surrounding it and we get tested just to make sure otherwise the amount of time we're in contact with each other would just mean it would spread like wildfire. So did you have to kind of stick within a bubble as well, surrounding a lot of your training and obviously games? Yeah, and obviously we, well, we're in Greater Manchester, so that went into like a local lockdown, which was even harder for us, like... Some of the other clubs were starting to like loosen their restrictions a little bit, but ours was just getting higher and higher. Um, like obviously restaurants, things like that had all closed. So it meant we couldn't go anywhere. Like if we were gonna do anything, you had to stay in your bubble and trust me, you get sick of seeing the same twenty yeah. girls <laughs> day out. Um, it doesn't help we all live on the same street, so you can't get away from them as it is. And then you go to training, come home and that's all you can see and Sometimes it's nice to definitely have a little bit of a loan time. Like being in the um, in the Truman Show, it's just like a complete show. <laughs> the same people, the time, the same thing happening. It's just like a conveyor belt every single day. I think that's what a lot of people were struggling with is that there was no, we had too much structure every day. And I think we lost our structure and lost that routine. And then suddenly it was like, actually now it's just Groundhog Day of doing the same thing every single day, seven days a week. And I think that's what people struggled with quite a lot yeah for sure like structure is such a huge thing in so many people's lives and 
for us, our whole life was based around going to training. Yeah. It was, we get up, we eat breakfast and we go to training and we're there from some days like nine till three, nine till four. So that was like a huge chunk of our day. We was like, oh, we've never had this time before. Like, mm. And at was points we were like, oh, I don't think we like this. We don't actually know what to do with our time. So um, it's not. Like, I was going to say, we were also given like a nutrition protocol to follow. So we had every programme you can physically imagine um, because obviously they didn't know what was going to happen with the season. Yeah. So they wanted to keep everyone like in high spirits, like as a team together. Um, so we, I can give you a little run through of our lockdown if you want. Yeah. We, do it, do it. So we had a programme sent out to us um, which basically tried to cover what we did in training. So three days, three or four days a week was like, double sessions so running and the gym afterwards um so that would take up quite a long time of the day to be honest um we used to have fun day friday food mm-hmm. friday, food friday so everyone had a week to cook a meal from a different country so we would select a country each week and then we would send a picture of our meal in and we'd like win points almost um we had super sunday what was like a football challenge so like whether it was in the toilet roll or kicking the ball into the bins, like anything you could basically do at home. Um, and then we had a we had another one that I actually can't remember, so that can't have been that good, that one. Um, <laughs> something, something team bonding related. Mm. It was basically just to like keep, obviously some girls, like I was fortunate enough to live with teammates, but some girls were on their own um, couldn't see anyone um, were in flats apartments so like it must have been so difficult for them like we have a south facing garden so for like three weeks I was in my element I was sat in the garden <laughs> so fun, turning up. yeah um, but it's so much difficult depending on what circumstance you're in so it was nice that we were able to do that as a team and knew that we all had each other there I had a go at that toilet roll challenge it's not it's not easy it's harder than it looks. Do you know what? I seen people doing it and I was like, oh, do you know what? We play football every day. And then I did it. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be here a while trying to get a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't let a bad one. You can't let a bad one go up. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what you had in mind, is it, when you set out to be a footballer all those years ago? You don't picture this. You picture the scoring the goal in the final or playing in front of the fans in the crowd or whatever else. You don't picture the nutrition sending a picture of your food while we're all locked down. It's not yeah. exactly the ideal dream, is it? And doing keepy ups with Tyler at all. I wouldn't have you always wanted to be a footballer since you were a young girl? Well, literally all my family are in football. So my dad played, my dad's got an identical twin. He oh. also did, so he played professionally. Um, so from such a young age, we always went and watched like, my dad and uncle and They've got a son a year older than me who played for Oldham Athletic when I was younger. So it and all the boys, there was like we I live in like a cul-de-sac type estate, and all every like all the kids on the street were boys. So it was like you either go and play football with the boys or you're sitting on your own. Right. And it was quite early. I made the decision like oh, I'm gonna go. Like I don't care if I'm a girl. Like I'm gonna go and join them and. By the end of it, they were like, we want Katie on our team. No, at first it was like, oh, pick the girls last. And then it was soon like they learned, oh, 
oh actually she's better than half of us yeah. so that's really <laughs> it's it's the kind of sport where physically i've seen it growing up as kids playing in teams and then going on to train teams later on physically when, when the boys grow a bit faster that's sometimes where the girls get get nudged out but if you've got that skill set you you've you've got worth in the team. And like you say, if you're a good player, it doesn't matter if you're boy or girl, you want to be on our team. Come on our team. We'll, we'll have you. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, for me, I was a lot younger. I started playing for first, my first boys team when I was six. So uh, wow. six, seven, eight, nine, we're all the same height, build. Like the boys aren't really grown yet. I mean, I was small. I still am now, but some of the lads weren't much taller. So for me, I was technically and I had better skills than them. So... I was okay at that point. I mean, I completely agree. Like, we play against some boys' teams now, and it's like, we're definitely better footballers than you, but you're so much quicker than us. It's so different. I think there's different, like, both boys and girls have different skill sets, and they say that girls tend to mature quicker. But I also feel that with regards to sports, girls have a different mindset. Like, even though we're super competitive, we just think about things first I think guys can sometimes be a quick like a little bit brash with what they do and they just one thing in mind whereas girls have that kind of clever thought process behind it which is why I think girls do so well in sports especially at a young age as well yeah that is so true like probably all the males in my life are so rash to make decisions like, yeah. I'm like have you stopped to think about that I'm like, mm, no not not really no. But it's so true, like, we look at things from such different perspectives yeah. and that often gives us the edge on different things. And there's a lot of girls that are actually able to stay in sport now from a much more younger age. And I think that's credit to maturing and having yeah. a strong mindset. Do you think, do you think that, that changes the element of the game? If, if, if you take the physicality aside, if, if, if we were to get a men's team and a, and a ladies' team, and have them completely pound for pound physically the same attributes. How do you think the skill sets would differ given that that mindset mm-hmm. approach? Like you say, much it might pay me to say it as a player on a guy's team. Yeah, sometimes we, we do go in a little rash and we <laughs> just do the first thing that we see. I have to, I can't deny it, it does happen. Um, how do you think that game would kind of play out? Because it's it's an interesting way of looking at it. Um actually when we were like 13, we used to play against that. We must have been under-14s and we used to play like the under-13 boys at Man United. Um, and that was probably like the last year group where like physicality was like a bit more of an issue. And the games were actually really good. Like they were really, I think the first game we played, they were a bit like, they want us to play the girls. And then when we started playing, like there were slide tackles going in. It was more like beating <laughs> us now. Like we know the good. Um, so I think... Often, like, on skill set, you come across, like, quite even qualities. Um, I think, obviously, when you get to the Premier League, they're a whole different kettle of fish. But at a lot of levels, and especially at younger ages, um, it's it's certainly possible that girls can compete. Mm, I love it. I love the fact that girls are kind of getting a bit more light when it comes to sports now. And, I mean, when I was younger, I mean, I'm only 28, but it was kind of girls playing netball and that's it. And if you wanted to get into football, you were just seen as a complete tomboy. And a lot of girls didn't want to be seen as a tomboy. They wanted to be seen as a girly girl. And actually it's kind of like, because I've 
been surrounded by football my whole life, but I wasn't, I didn't ever play football myself. I mean, my dad's a steward now for Arsenal and it's, it's great. And I remember going to the games when I was younger and the atmosphere, but it was always a case of, I love watching the men play, but actually sometimes watching girls and seeing how they play is completely different because like you said, you just think slightly different about the game and you're not just like going for it. You do have that mentality approach. Yeah, and even like maybe in the past, the women's game was obviously not fully professional. So mm-hmm. it was so hard to compare the two. Like people have often like, it's not as quick. Like they're not, the standard's not as good. But there was no wonder because most players were going to work nine till five and training in the evening. Yeah. Like if we took Ronaldo and told him to come and work in an office all day, he wouldn't be the same player either. So it's credit to the sport and credit to women's football that, We've been able to push a fully professional league, which definitely has drove the standard a lot higher. It's incredible. We um, we we had someone on here that I'm sure you will know the name um, at the very least. Ebony Salmon joined us on the show uh, uh, maybe a month or so ago, and um, we were talking about kind of standards in the women's game and how, if you like, now the standard has gone up and there is a lot more focus, there is more investment and everything else. If if you think of this as like one of the first, if not the first big generation for women's football you know there will be offshoots of this Mm. is there a motivation that you guys that are all on this scene now Ebony Salmon yourself the teammates that you guys have played with a few of you guys whoever are the top performers in 20-30 years you're going to be the ones that generations are looking back saying oh we've got an eye on this girl she could be the next Katie Zellum she could be the next Ebony Salmon do you know what I mean because exactly however the game goes some there's got to be someone who who's the best do you know what I mean there, there are going to be the top scorers and the top like you say the Ronaldo's of that world yeah for sure and it's so crazy like when I was younger I always looked up to Farrah Williams and um, when when I was like not not playing professional she was always someone I watched and then I actually signed at Liverpool and played with her um so it was like <laughs> a dream come true dream come true to me it was like my idol, who I'd always looked up to, I was then playing alongside in the midfield. And I see little girls now watching me with like Zellum on the back of the shirt. And it's like so heartwarming and like it's a bit emotional when you see it. You think, oh, like they're supporting me, like they want to be like me. And we went to the Man United youth training. So, like, their centre of excellence and watched, like, I signed at United when I was like, nine years old and we watched the under nines. And they were like, oh my God, it's Katie Zellum. And I was like, are they talking to me? That motivation to just keep going and keep better and keep being that role model that obviously the young, the young generation are looking up. And I think any of us that are kind of above 25, 30 now, we are the role models for the next generation. And even though sometimes you think, oh, that's a lot of pressure, it's quite heartwarming and it's quite nice to feel that, okay, we're the people that other, like the young generation are now looking at and it gives you that motivation to just strive to be better and strive to want to keep putting out that good message and keep kind of just being the best version of yourself. Yeah, for sure. And there's people like years and years before me that have give everything to get the game where it is now. And I feel like in women's football, we carry a bit of like a responsibility to keep pushing the game forward so I and my teammates will work as hard as we can for the next generation to come through and 
hopefully everything's better and in a better place for them. Just want to just want to talk for a moment about your move to Italy because that that must have been something. I want to ask how it came about and how you felt and everything. But on the topic of the growth of women's sport, you think back twenty years ago. Could you have imagined? A, you're playing, you're playing football professionally, but B, someone from a different country, and not just a different country, one of the biggest clubs yeah. in the world has come knocking. They've specifically earmarked you. They want you on the books. How, I mean, just, just talk to us about that. I couldn't believe it, to be honest. How follow your shock, did you? Um, my agent rang and he was like, because I was at Liverpool at the time and I'd been there quite a while, Um I knew Elijah really well, I knew the setup, and it just felt like I needed a bit of a new challenge. Um, but Italy was definitely not something I ever imagined. Um, he was like, I've got a bit of a wild one for you, like, see what you think. And as soon as he said it, I was a bit like, you know what, I think I'm going to go for that. And I like, I went home to my mum and dad, and my mum was like, you're moving country. Like, obviously, I'd never discussed it. Like, it never even really entered my mind, to be honest. Um to play abroad um, so it was pretty out of the blue um, I said mum it was I will never forget it it was a Wednesday and um, I was like I think I'm I think I'm gonna go for it I was like they've made like they've made an offer I just basically need to sign it um, I was like but they want me to go tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> she was like you fully packed like you've got nothing like you live in Liverpool like my family from Manchester she was like you haven't even got a big enough suitcase. Like, <laughs> there. I was like, I know, like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I phoned my agent. I was like, I want to, like, I'm interested. I want to go for it. Obviously, there's a few things we need to go through. But I cannot move tomorrow. Like, you haven't seen how many shoes I've got to be. <laughs> he was like, let me see what I can do. And I ended up flying there on the Saturday. Wow. So, I mean, Wednesday, Saturday was still very short, but it seemed a lot longer than the day after. The next day. Yeah. Um, so it was like, oh, I'm like, I'm really doing it. My, I remember they took me to the airport and I looked back and my mum was crying. And I had like four, I mean, I'm not a light packer, that's for sure. I had like four massive suitcases pushing it with one of them trolleys. And then... Uh, they, they actually emailed me saying, do you just need one case? I was like, I think you can have to add a few more on. Um, and when I got through the security thing, like obviously I was on my own, I remember sitting down thinking, what, what am I doing? Like, I'm literally just putting whole life up and moving it. The only word of Italian I know is ciao. <laughs> Where I'm going, what I'm doing. So it's happening. Um, and it was just a bit too late to look back then, I think. Incredible. That is Amazing. unbelievable. Do you know what, I think... How long did it take you to settle? Sorry. How long no, did it take you to settle? Um, do you know what was quite hard when I got there? Um, everyone was like, all my friends texting me, we can't wait to visit. Like, is it amazing? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And I, actually, for the first week, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, I've made the worst decision of my life. Like, I, it's in Torino, like nobody spoke a word of English because it's like not a major city. Mm -hmm. and it's a really small city, isn't it? Pardon? It's a really small city. Yeah, it's so small, which you would never think with a huge club like Juventus. I'd actually never even visited Italy, never mind moved there. Um, somewhere like I was looking on the map, like, am I near Milan? What am I near? 
Um, and no one in the shop spoke English. Like the, the manager didn't speak a word of English. Um, so for, for a week, I was a bit like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I've really thought this through, actually. Like maybe I should have done a bit more digging, like prolonged it a bit more. But then I made some really good friends out there and I'm probably quite a chatty person, as you can tell. Um, and within oh, that week, <laughs> within that <laughs> week, I was like, a week, a week, a couple of weeks, I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, this is going to be amazing. That's incredible. I think like making just spontaneous moves in life, it honestly makes you just such a strong person. It just makes you who you are. It's just if we don't do that, I think it's so easy to just get settled and kind of stay content. But as soon as you, like, you push yourselves and you push your boundaries a little bit more, it's like everything happens for a reason. And even though the first week might have been tough, it's like you said, you've now made like just such an incredible impression now. And just where, like, the moves you're making in your career is just it's amazing. Yeah, I think you're so right. And when I come back every, like I did a lot of interviews because I've come back to Manchester United, it was like my childhood club and everyone's like, how do you think you've like progressed and improved as a player? And I was like, you know what? I think I've actually come on more as a person. Mm. Like that something that can't be taught on the pitch, something that you just learn yourself. And I've become such a stronger, more independent and, much more mature person um it meant I had to do literally everything for myself like things out and it wasn't someone there handing it you on a plate and I think that had actually much more of an impact on me than any of the training ever were just um just super quick so uh, keeping one eye on the clock um I want to ask you a couple of questions that, that we asked to Ebony I'm always interested in um footballers opinions on this Seeing that you're among the goals at the moment, I think it's around one in two you're kind of bagging, which is a, a great rate. What's the best, as a footballer, what is the best kind of goal to score? Is it a screamer from 25 yards? Would you rather take it round everyone and dink it into the bottom corner? Is it something else? What's the best kind of what's the best kind of goal to score? Do you know what? I think obviously and everyone loves a screamer. Any anyone that anyone, any goal that looks like wow is is going to be up there but if it, a winning goal is is the best feeling whether mm. whether I've tapped it in off my shin headed it in like it's a screamer the feeling of scoring a winning goal is something that you can never beat and I mean it's even better when it comes in a Manchester derby so that's definitely <laughs> one of the best ones. <laughs> um when you were when you were on um when you were on lockdown or even when you're not on lock, lockdown and quarantine, um, the Netflix usage that has happened over the last kind of six months has gone like this. Everyone's Off the chart. It's just finished. There's no more. So there's, <laughs> there's two questions I have to ask. And I'll tell you what Ebony answered once we've done it. First one is, what series have you got through? What, what have you got through over these last few months? What haven't I got through would be a better question. <laughs> um, actually, when I was in lockdown, I watched... These are my top three, actually, at the minute. I finished Money Heist. I've finished Ozark. Which That's amazing. Is, I couldn't get another one coming out. Um, yeah. And I've actually more recently in lockdown finished Watch The Fall. I'm watching that now. I'm on the third. I think I'm on the second episode of the third series. I've binge watched it in the past week. I think the first series, I was a bit like, oh... 
I'm not too sure, but I'm hooked. I'm absolutely hooked now. That was me. Do you know the only thing that was a bit of a downfall? The episodes are so long. Yeah, they are. Because they're like an hour and a bit, aren't they? Some of them are an hour and a half. I think that's like a short film. Yeah, it is. And I was like used to watching like half an hour to 45 and watching a couple. By the time I finished the first one, my head was fried, I thought. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good one, though. It is good. We're going to love it. But Uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. Not going to ruin it. Yeah, don't, don't spoil. I, I did my shows like so. Now, this one, this is the really important question. And I'll tell you again, just for the record, Ebony's had the fall as well. So I think there's a bit of a sports person, football vibe going on there. <laughs> How many packets of biscuits is it acceptable to smash during one Netflix binge? And we need to know this. This is this is it's this for science. And what type of biscuit as well? That's that's a uh, that says a lot about a person. Do you know what I'm I'm really a bad person to ask because I love biscuits. So my, maybe my number's going to be like... Everyone <laughs> <laughs> else. You can't just have one. It's impossible. No, that is impossible. And to be honest, I could comfortably go through... Oh, this is going to sound so bad. Like... The 10 caramel digestives. Oh, okay. I thought you going to say six or ten packets. Oh, no. I mean, no, that's another level. I could finish the packet, but I was just being polite, to be honest. Have you had the new, uh, the caramel, the new ones, the McVitie's B.I.B.'s? Oh, do you know they're, what? They're incredible. No, I haven't, but I'm really... They're amazing. I don't like to differ, actually. I like caramel digestives. But they are a digestive. They're caramel. They just... It's the new McVitie's ones. They're so good. You have to get some. They're so good. Do you know what else I'm, I'm wary to buy because I will eat the whole pack like before the episode starts. Chocolate from <sighs> Yeah, the chocolate orange ones. <sighs> they, but they just, I just pick them up before I know. I know. I, know. I, feel, I, I feel like you might. I feel like you might not like what I'm about to say, but Ebony's answer was no comment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wow. did. I've got a sweet tooth, so I'm I just hope we don't have a, a strength and conditioning coach or a nutritionist on the phone to you later on this afternoon saying, I've just heard that you smashed 10 biscuits an episode. Yeah, I mean, I I actually got caught this. I mean, it was confidential, but it looks like it's coming out now. Um, I actually got caught with jam donuts, buying jam donuts once, but I love raspberry jam donuts, and I thought, I'm, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Next minute she appeared, thought... <laughs> Quite red handed. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to well, live life, you've got to have that balance sometimes. It is what it is. Katie, it has been such a treat having you on today. Um what's happening with the is is the season behind closed doors, it's still going ahead and, and we're ticking over. Yeah, exactly that. They're trying to get fans in, there's been a few proposals. Um it's obviously difficult being in Manchester with the like local restrictions and things like that. And but they are really trying to get fans in. So hopefully sooner rather than later because we miss having them there and especially at our home games. Mm. But the season's going well and we've won we've played four and won three and drew ones and we play again on Sunday. So hopefully it'll take us to third. Amazing. We'll um we'll have to get to a game. We'll come down to oh, a game and 
Um Prentice Biscuits. Katie, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me.